How to See a Man About a Dog. It combines darkly comic short stories, powerful poems, and pulp fiction prose to create a heartbreaking and hilarious journey readers will not soon forget. Read How to See a Man About a Dog, Collected Writings, for free with Kindle Unlimited. Ebook available on Kindle, print copies available on Amazon the Book Depository, and more. Broadcasting across the nation, from the East Coast to the West, keeping you up to date on technology, while enjoying a little whiskey on the side. With leading-edge topics, along with special guests, to navigate technology in a segmented, stylized radio program. The information that will make you go, hmm. Pull up a seat, raise a glass with our hosts, as we spend the next hour talking about technology for the common person. Welcome to Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum. Time. All right. Welcome to Tech Time with Nathan Mum, the show that makes you go, hmm, technology news of the week, the show for the everyday person talking about technology, broadcasting across the nation with insightful segments on subjects weeks ahead of the mainstream media. We welcome our radio audience of 35 million listeners to an hour of insightful technology with a little whiskey on the side. I'm Nathan Mum. Welcome to our show today. We live stream during our show on five of the most popular platforms, including YouTube, Twitch.tv, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We encourage you to watch us live or visit us at techtimeradio.com or even tweet us on Twitter at hashtag techtimeradio during the show. And we'll do our best to respond to all of our tweets live as soon as possible. I'm your host, a technologist with over 30 years of expertise working for companies like Microsoft and Vulcan Inc., a keynote speaker on technology subjects from cybersecurity to blockchain and everything in between. My co-host, Mike Gorday, is an award-winning author originally from Arizona. Mike is a human behavior expert living in the Seattle area with a master's degree in forensic psychology with 20-plus year career helping others understand human behavior. Mike keeps me from geeking out while providing an insight into human behavior and how it interacts with technology. We are two friends from different backgrounds, but bring the best technology show possible every week for our family, friends, and fans to enjoy. Welcome, Mr. Gorday. How are you doing today? Not bad. You? Not bad. We got a packed show today, don't we? Got we got a packed show every day. We do. We, do. we got an hour to get it in. So you know what, Odie? Let's get ready to start today's show. Now on today's show. All right, we're going to be talking about how a cheap, smart ID card sold on Amazon is becoming a national security risk. This is very interesting. We also have Hubble reveals a curious couple, a river, and a star formation. We got Stellantis picking Indiana for its 2.5 billion EV electric vehicle battery factory. It's wedding season, and the hackers know this, but through the bride and groom, we explore why a wedding registry site, Zolo, was breached. Next, Phil Hennessy joins the show to, on our second part of our four-part series, Phil's Electris versus Gas Vehicle Technology Insights. In addition, we have our standard features, including This Week in Technology, Mike's Mesmerizing Moment, and of course, our Pick of the Day Whiskey Tasting. So sit back, raise a glass, and welcome to Tech Time with Nathan Mum. Now it's time to start our day as every show, we do our Loaded Question of the Week, brought to you by Elderberry Boost. Get your Elderberry Boost today at elderberry-boost.com. Mike and Odie, here is the Loaded Question. What's something about yourself that you hope will never change? Something about yourself that you hope will never change? My hair. Your hair? <laughs> ah! Oh, darn, it already happened. <laughs> okay, all right. 
All right, Odie. No, I'm going to go with my, you know, with my my brain. Your brain. brain. You don't want your brain? You, no, I I enjoy the fact that I know all the stuff that I know. So you don't ever want to change it. Yeah. Okay. All right, Odie. Question to you. Um, my fun attitude. Your attitude. Your fun attitude. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. You know. You know what I'm going to say? It's it's my good looks. Oh my. You know? Don't you ever wake up in the morning and look yourself in the mirror and say, "Dang, I'm good looking." No, Stuart Smalley. No, you don't do that. Okay. No. Do you? Right. Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> Are you good enough and smart enough? Uh, and- you know, I look at myself, and after I'm done with that, saying that I'm good looking, I'm ready to start my day. <laughs> All right. Okay. There you go. All right. Well, that's good. Well, that was our loaded question of the week. Yeah, that was very loaded. All right. Mike, as always, we have our whiskey tasting during the commercials to see if our selected whiskey pick of the day gets zero, one, or two thumbs up by the end of the show. You're going to want to make sure you listen all the way through to pick up a few interesting facts on our Mark's Mumbles that will make you go, mmm, with the Whiskey Facts of the Week. Now it's time for the latest headlines in the world of technology. What's happening in the world of technology? This is our top stories in the first five minutes. All right, let's talk about this. How a cheap smart ID card reader sold on Amazon is becoming a national security risk. Earlier this month, we reported on a phishing attack that stole $23.5 million from the U.S. Department of Defense. Thankfully, the DOD caught the cyber criminals and recovered the money, but the incident highlights the need for stronger cybersecurity practices at the Department of Justice among contractors and login processes. DOD employees and contractors, along with military personnel, use an ID card known as a common access card. Have you ever seen one of those? Kind of one of those prox cards yeah, you use? Yeah, I've, I've used prox cards for many different jobs. Okay, so uh, with the Department of Defense, they have prox cards that they normally stick in readers when they log onto a computer, when mm-hmm. they log into something, so that they know that that physical person is there. You've seen this right. on Mission Impossible, any spy movie, they got to steal the security guard's badge so they can get in and they can right. log into the computers. Well, let me tell you a real-world scenario. Essentially, there is not an approved card reader for our United States government to use. So most people, when they go home, government employees and contractors often turn to the Internet to find the most reliable card readers, and most of them look to Amazon.com. No way. Yes. Now let's talk about this. The SAICOO, Department of Defense Military USB Common Access Reader, with over 11,000 ratings, is available for $14.47 and has become our biggest security breach yet in the world. Oh. With the purchase of this $15 card reader sold by SAICOO on Amazon, the device has a 4.5 out of 5 stars and appears to be the sponsored section list for everybody that wants personal identity verification, PIV card readers, or the CAC, which is the government uh, criteria for a card reader. The listing in the reviews would suggest that this particular CAC reader is safe and a reputable device. However, when you plug in the device into the computer running Windows 10, a message saying that the device's drivers weren't functioned properly prompts Windows to find newer drivers on the vendor's website. Is that where it gets problematic? Yeah, so you plug in this device. So you plug in this device, you got a Windows 10 device, same for Windows 11, but specifically Windows 10s, it'll say, oh, you need to update to the most newest drivers. If you follow the instructions and find the drivers for the device on the SAICOO's website, don't install them as the scan files have malware, specifically the Ramit worm virus. Ramit has been used to sophisticate a process of data exploitation that attacks and spreads among other users 
to take information from removable drives and files and share them with others. This behavior is particularly alarming as it's infected USB drives that could compare to on-air gapped government networks. So essentially what happens is you load the drivers, it loads this uh, item that will then essentially cause people to have this USB data compromise that's available for anybody else that would plug in a device. It's exposed to potential significant national security risk, considering that many end users might want elevated clearance permissions to use their PIV cards. So if you think of that, if you're an admin, you have one of these cards, you log into the computer admin system, you plug it in, and then boom, all of a sudden, you have elevated access. Now this hack is able to have malware that's unknowing to the company give outside access to people to access that information. That was a whole lot of stuff that just went right over my head. Okay, so essentially this is a card reader that Amazon's selling. So Amazon sells a card, and when you get the when you update the drivers, it installs malware that has created problems for the government. That's correct. So And once you install this uh, software driver, you have no ability to uh, remove the software itself. You would have to go back to the drivers and remove themselves. Now, Amazon has been alerted to this, and essentially they're taking a look and taking a look at either possibly removing this card or working with the company to update its website drivers. If you actually contact the SAICOO's website, you'll find out that they are uh, not planning to do anything different, but are saying that essentially you will not have to load drivers on this for the new Windows 11, so do not load their drivers. So they're not saying that there was a malware that was in their software. They're not saying that there wasn't, and we absolutely know that there is. Okay. But they're saying if you have Windows I 11 cannot soon, confirm or deny. That you will not have to worry about loading their proprietary drivers. All right. All right, you got story number two. Yeah. All right, you're up. Okay. For those, for those that enjoy astronomical phenomenon, NASA has released some uh, Hubble photos of some very interesting uh, phenomenon out there in the galaxy. Uh, One of them is a duo of galaxies where one is superimposed on the other, and the other is a stream of star formations. So Hubble captured images of IC4271, also known as ARP40. It's a peculiar pair of spiral galaxies that are about 800 million light years away. Uh, In this system, the smaller galaxy is superimposed over the large one. looks like the galaxies are colliding, which, you know. We were talking about last night. Uh, in our production. You know, yep, yeah, yep. in about five, mil- five billion years, our galaxy is going to collide with the Andromeda galaxy. Okay. Uh, but that's uh, that's okay because in about five billion years, our sun's going to go away. So we won't be here to enjoy so that. We don't, we don't have to really worry yeah, about that. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. Okay. The bigger galaxy is called a Type II Seifert galaxy, uh, which uh, has supermassive black holes at its center and uh, releases large amounts of radiation along its accretion disk, okay. which is which is what gives the spiral galaxy its shape. So this is a really cool this is a really cool photo of these two galaxies that are hanging out with each other. Okay. The second the second is a newly revised image of the Hickson Compact Group thirty one. Uh, which is a group of galaxies which shows a stream of star formation as four dwarf galaxies interact. So these these four galaxies are very close to each other. 
The bright distorted clump of blue-white stars is called NGC 1741. A pair of colliding dwarf galaxies, a cigar-shaped dwarf galaxy to the pair's right, joins them with a thin blue stream of young blue stars. So all this star stuff that makes up these galaxies are creating new stars in this in this cluster. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's... That's what's going on in the world of astronomy. Right so the now. Hubble telescope, remember when it first got released, it was like had all these problems, yeah, right? You, you, yeah. You, We've talked about we're this We're bagging before. on Hubble, man. All right. So, but so they fixed everything. Right. So they fixed everything. And they, they didn't use that card reader. And they didn't use the card reader. Of course they didn't. <laughs> but now we got these great photos that come from it. So it, it must have been not the hardware that was problems with the Hubble telescope. It was the actual software that they had to correct and, and make corrections to. That's right. So there you go, coders. Congratulations. Yeah, story number three. This cool new one is going to be showing us all kinds of newer. The one that's awesome. going to be launched. Yeah. I think it launches the this James year. The James Webb. Yeah, it launches later this year, I think. That's yep. right. Story number three, we got Stellantis picks Indiana for its $2.5 billion electric vehicle battery factory with Samsung. Stellantis, the parent company of Dodge, Jeep, Chrysler, has selected Kokomo, Indiana, as the site of the next electric vehicle battery factory. Way down in? Kokomo. <laughs> All right. The plant will be built in partnership with South Korea's Samsung SDI, which is the leading EV battery maker. The company's made the announcement Tuesday today, alongside Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb and several other local officials in Kokomo. The new factory will create 1,400 new jobs and cost $2.5 billion to construct. Though Stellantis and Samsung are willing to spend up to $3 billion on the project, Mark Stewart, the chief operating officer for Stellantis, said at the press conference, the cost will be split between the two companies. The new facility with these jobs will be one of the largest uh, United States electric vehicle battery-making stations uh, statewide, and it will be the third largest in the world itself. Now, we're going to be talking a little yeah, well, bit that about... That goes along with what we're going to be talking about. Today, we got we got Phil back, and he's going to be talking specifically about electric car batteries, and this story breaks in the morning news. How, how, how perfect could that be? That was a perfect setup. That's like setting that ball up to the volleyball net, coming down with that powerful spike, boom, yeah, there you go. You're, you're All good right. enough and smart enough and... And there you go. All right. Well, Mike, our time's up. We got through the top stories of the week. If you want to learn more about this, please visit us online at www.techtimeradio.com and click on our episode section or blog to get more details on these stories and features. Now, it's a great time for you to sit back, relax as we go to our break. But up next, we have our segment, Protect Yourself Today, as we look at cybercrime, hacking, and data compromises and how you can protect yourself from these traps. Again, we have Phil Hennessy that will be joining us on part two of our four-part series Phil's Electric versus Gas Vehicle Technology Insights. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum. Hey, Mike. What? Have you heard of Elderberry? Only in reference to a Monty Python movie. Well, let me tell you, Elderberry Boost. Again, that's elderberry-boost.com. Elderberry Boost. Yes, Mike, that's Elderberry Boost. You can choose Organic Elderberry Boost, that 8-ounce size. It's available on sale right now at eleven ninety nine. But you're listening here right now on Tech Time Radio, so you need to go to Elderberry, that's E-L-D-E-R-B-E-R-R-Y-Boost.com and get some today. Elderberry Boost. Elderberry is an all-natural organic immune system booster and antiviral. Elderberry is known to actively fight against viruses, including colds and the flu. It also works as a natural remedy for allergies, cancer, digestion, heart disease, high cholesterol, headache, toothache, weight loss, and reduced inflammation. It's a natural and healthy diuretic 
and has many antiviral properties. While it is famous for fighting the flu, it is effective for any illness. Elderberry Boost was created to provide a quality organic elderberry to their customers. After searching years ago for a perfect elderberry syrup, none could be found, so they essentially created their own homemade recipe. If you would like to get 15% off your first order of Elderberry Boost, just put in the discount code TECHTIME at checkout. Again, that's elderberry-boost.com. Elderberry Boost. Hey, Mike. Yeah, what's up? Hey, what would you recommend for someone that's looking to launch their career in coding? Treehouse, man. Treehouse has one of the best and most affordable online classrooms for you. At Treehouse, they've rethought the learning process and built a proven system to get you the skills and knowledge you need to achieve your goals. That's awesome. When you're done with a course, you haven't just watched a video. You've learned, practiced, and absorbed the concept or choose to build your portfolio. Create a network and land your dream job with their boot camp style tech degree program. Land a dev job this year. Okay. Whatever your goal, we'll get you there. Get 50% off your first month as a podcast listener. It's teamtreehouse.com forward slash sign up underscore code. That's sign up underscore code forward slash podcorn courses sign up today with our special tech time radio code now listen carefully it's teamtreehouse.com forward slash sign up underscore code that's sign up underscore code forward slash podcorn courses that's awesome sign up today all right Welcome back to Tech Time with Nathan Bum. Tech Time Radio is an hour technology show that talks about current technology in a simple format without having to geek out. Brought to you by myself, Nathan Bum, and Micro Day. We just had our first whiskey tasting during the break, and now let me tell you all about what we're sipping as our pick of the day. Today we have chosen the Old Overholt Rye, 114th proof, uh, $32.95. The distillery is Jim Bean Distillery. Old Granddad Distillery in Claremont, Kentucky, USA. It has a simple no- a nose compressed of corn and oak notes with a slight honey influence. The palate is equal sweetness and wood and spice, and it has a long finish. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, I'm not the hugest fan of straight rise, but uh, this one's not bad. Okay, let me tell you a little bit, of, a little bit more. So it's produced by uh, Beam Suntory. Uh, Jim Bean Distillery, Old Grand, Dist- Old Granddad Distillery in Claremont, Kentucky, USA. It's straight rye. It's aging is four years, fifty-seven uh, ABV, which is one hundred and fourteen proof, thirty-two ninety-five. Now, the best part about this is American history is old overhauled, particularly is considered among the oldest uh, continued whiskey brands in the country. It has been made through wars, prohibition, and whiskey bust. The sip is a full and earthy, dry, spicy notes all layered with a different type of grain flavoring. Mm. What do you think? Well, this has been around awesome. for a while. If you look at the isn't label, it, isn't, it cool it, that it looks, you, isn't it cool that they can say that they were making whiskey when it was illegal? <laughs> so, isn't uh, that cool? The, <laughs> and it's kind of cool, isn't it? So they made it during the prohibition, right? That's, that's right. right. We, uh, made, we, made, we made whiskey when it was not illegal. That's right. We were, we were hiding it in barrels in the back. I mean, many stories in the... In the prohibition time, you could have probably still got yourself an yeah, well, old overhort. One of my old relatives was a was a whiskey runner. Really? Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Well, still stay tuned though, because we got Mark's mumbles calling all why okay. he likes this whiskey and what he likes about it. So it's all not right. a bad. It's not. A, it's a pretty good taste. It's a pretty good taste. I wouldn't say it's as good as last week's. Last it's, week's it's was got pretty a good, good finish. It's, it's it's not a bitter finish though. That's a big part, right? Yep. I like having that smooth finish. All right. Well, now we're going to move on from our drinks. We're going to get ready to talk about breaches, cyber attacks, and identity theft across the globe. Uh, Mike, this is the uplifting, inspiring part of the show yeah. that you love so much. I love this part. All right, let's get ready to start this segment. Protect yourself today. All right, it's wedding season, and hackers know it. Hackers breach Zolo wedding registry accounts and make fraudulent purchase. The company says the cash transfers were blocked, but that it's aware of unauthorized gift card orders. So this is a, essentially one of these websites that you go into, you sign up if you're getting married. They have like the not.com and they have, since you just got married, you would all know all about I, this, no, right? I, we didn't do a registry. Okay. So this is the registry itself. And Zola is considered one of the top two or three registries for people to go to and put items on there. Not Walmart? Uh, no, not Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> the popular wedding planning website known for online gift registries, gift list management, and wedding websites confirmed Monday that hackers had managed to access the account of a number of its users and tried to initiate fraudulent cash transfers. Over the weekend, some Zola users posted on social media that linked bank accounts that had been used to purchase gift cards. One tweet flagged by a Reddit user claimed to show that the cracked Zolo accounts had been resold on the black market and had been used to sell other information, including gift certificate vouchers. Zolo's director of communication, Emily Forrest, told The Verge that the unauthorized account access took place through a credential stuffing attack where hackers test out email and password combinations stolen from other breaches across a range of websites to target people using the same password on multiple sites. Those persons. All right. On Sunday, they sent out a mass email informing users that their account passwords had been automatically reset. Zillow say this action has been extended to all site users out of an abundance of caution. Though the mass majority of them were not affected, both iOS and Android versions of the app were also disabled during the incident, but have since been re-enabled. Zola does not currently provide any two-factor oh, authentication we know what that for means. its accounts. Now, making credential stuffing attacks far easier to achieve than most of the other sites that are their competitors. The lack of secondary authentic authentication process goes against best practices for sites like Zola, which handled a large amount of personal and financial sensitive user data. So to protect yourself today, this is the key atom that you need to take back from this and put it together to say that one of the most important items for security is to have secondary authentication like multi-factor authentication. If you go to a website or custom application that keeps your bank account, credit card information, or any personal information that does not have this level of security, you should pass it on by because there's other out there that will provide that security that you need to keep your accounts safe. Yeah, that goes against human behavior. Why is that? Uh, because we're gonna we're gonna naturally tend towards what's simpler and easier. So if I have to go through this two factor authentication for one website, that's okay. But if I have to do it for all of the websites I go to, I'm going to be less likely to do that. Well, don't you want to make sure that your personal information and your credit card? You would is think safe? so. You would think so. If but, you're getting married you know, and you have all just think of all those people's names that you put up in addresses, I, you know, I mean, as, you, far you could, as, as far as getting married is concerned, yeah. and and. Having a registry like that, yeah, 
don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> Just ask for cash, right? Just ask for cash. Put a tree up at your wedding and say, That's here you right. go. Yeah. Put it in. All right. Next, a movie from the 80s comes into play. In the movie War Games, David Lightman, who's Matthew Broderick, uses an that's, 808 that's an old, old microcomputer <laughs> to hack into the school's computer system to change his and Allie's bad grades. The question that many school kids have always asked themselves, can I change my grades on the back end? And it seems that an absolute yes happened this week. Researchers from find a backdoor into school management plugin for WordPress websites. Multiple versions of the WordPress plugin by the name of School Management Pro harbored a backdoor that granted adversaries complete control over vulnerable websites. The issues spotted in the premium versions, uh, 9.997, have been assigned the CVE identifier, which is the system that rakes uh, hacks as a threat rating of 10 out of 10 for severity. So this is an easy exploited hack out of the scale of one to 10. This is a 10 out of 10. Really? The backdoor, which is believed to have existed since versions 8.9 enables an authenticated attacker to execute PHP code on the site where the plugin is installed. So if you have this into your WordPress website, your plugin, they can grab full PHP code information into the site. School management is billed as the WordPress add-on to manage complete school operations. It also claims more than 340,000 customers on its premium and free WordPress theme and plugins. Now, if you had the free version, you were secure. Because only really? yes, because only the paid for versions had the encryption key to allow you to have full <laughs> access of this, allowing you to register the site itself. Oh, the irony. So if you had the free version of the site and you had your grades and, and everything locked into your school management process, you were safe. But if you decided to pay the money for the plugin on the website, it essentially had has had this code for who knows how long and has been a part of their base code moving forward. So somebody came on in, probably wrote this code maliciously, Nobody realized that in every version of updates with this plugin gave them access to come on in there and hack away at, at this plugin. Well, there's a there's a, a plug for getting your free software. All right, so let me so let me <laughs> talk about it. Now, WordPress is a free and open source content management system that is used by many websites, including our own Tech Time Radio site. Yes. Any website that uses WordPress that is and this is currently four hundred and fifty-five million sites in the world needs to protect themselves from using plugin and add-ons for customization on the site. It is the trust the code but verify. So you need to load these plugins. You should trust it, but you should do everything you can to verify that any plugin or any code you add to a WordPress okay, well, site. How how does somebody that like like me, I, I'm doing my website and I like this plugin. I'm like, hey, that sounds like a pretty cool plugin, but I don't know jack about what goes into this? How do I how do I check that out? How so do I trust but verify? How do you trust but verify? The first thing to do is to go into like look at reviews from other individuals. So you can go and take a look. So if you have a plugin that has six reviews mm-hmm. and everybody likes it versus one that has ten thousand reviews, somebody hates it, somebody's in the middle of it, somebody that likes it. You really want to have a plugin that has a hate factor, a middle factor, it's it's okay, and somebody that's loving it. You know, you don't want to have the one where everybody loves and there's six reviews. Because the chances are that's going to be malicious code. But there are software companies out there, and there's free software where you can go and you can test your WordPress site. And if you put it through this WordPress site vulnerability test, it's all for free. All you got to do is Google 
or Bing it because you want to make your money on your Bing. Oh, that's thing. right. All right. So put you're, it on you're there. You're getting the finger. I am. Just saying, continue on. <laughs> um, then you can find that information and test your site to make sure none of those plugins are bad that are there. All right. You better move on. Yeah. Last thing. <laughs> last story on protect yourself today. So the key is trust and verify and trust be verify. very diligent on any plugins you add to WordPress. Last. Clearing your cache and cookies on your Android phone or any phone is a good idea. Now, do you, does your phone get slow after a while? Mm, I suppose so. It does. Okay. So what's happening <laughs> is people have these internet browsers that keep on having more and more information. Specifically, Chrome is one that has a lot of, uh, as much as it's really nice and uses, it's got a lot of software leaks in it where it will not reset itself when it, closes and recomes back in. Well, heck. So what you need to do, and you should do this on your computer, you should do this for every machine that you have that has an internet. Every week you should go on in and you should delete the cache. Now you don't have to delete your cookies, which cookies are not the same cookies as you would have for uh, uh, a good old uh, cookie jar, but specifically any cookies that you have, you should you could leave those there. But going into your cache, which are cached websites, old information, you should delete that once a week. That's awesome. Okay, there I'm, you go. I'm that, very that's, popular. That's my, that's, my, that's my information for you on Protect Yourself Today. Two areas on okay, how you can to, have that Okay, we need to here. drink some drink. All right, well, this is our segment, Protect Yourself Today. Up next, we have This Week in Technology. So now would be a good time to enjoy a little whiskey on the side as we will be doing so during our break. You're listening to Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum. See you in a few minutes. Hello, my name is Arthur, and my life's work is connecting people with coffee. Story Coffee is a small batch specialty coffee company that uses technology to connect people to each product resource, which allows farmers to unlock their economic freedom. Try our medium roast founder series coffee, which is an exotic bourbon variety that is smooth, fresh, and elegant at storycoffee.com. That's S-T-O-R-I coffee.com. Today, you can get your first bag free when you subscribe at storycoffee.com with code TECHTIME. That's S-T-O-R-I coffee.com. And now, let's look back at this week in technology. What, what was this week in technology? All right. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Forget May 4th as a Star Wars holiday. You should all know as Star Wars fans, May 25th. May 25th. This is the real date of importance for the series. May 25th, 1977. The motion picture Star Wars is released in 32 U.S. theaters. The film will immediately break records unlike any before, essentially becoming the first blockbuster in history. The film's unprecedented use of special effects sparked the revolution of a movie technology-based visual effects company. Where did you see it? Perhaps. Oh, I didn't see it live. I what? I know. Hang on here. Perhaps the film's greatest contribution to the technology was the creation two years earlier in the company Industrial Light and Magic, which is still the leading special effects house in the industry. So I did not see it live. What? I, w- I was not. I remember where it's Cochise Drive-In Theater in Sierra Vista, Arizona. Yeah, I did not see it live. So I the first Star Trek or Star Wars movie I saw was Empire Strikes Back. And the first Star Trek movie I saw was The Wrath of Khan. I can't so even you talk go. to you right now. Okay. All right. Here we go. Now, let's talk about May what, 25th. What, what happened May 25th? 1983. <laughs> the third installment of the original Star Wars trilogy, Return of the Jedi, was released six years to the date after the first Star Wars movie. Return of the Jedi was the highest grossing movie in 1983. The movie grossed $252 million 
and continue to raise the bar in special effects technologies uh, in the industrial light and magic set of uh, science fiction. Now, did you know George Lucas explained the reason why he had Yoda tell Luke that Darth Vader was his father. This was not originally so that, in the movie. So that nobody would think that Darth Vader was lying. That's correct. Lucas had consulted a child psychologist during the making of the film. The psychologist said that unless it was unequivocally stated that Vader was Luke's father, moviegoers aged 12 and under would dismiss Vader's claims to be Luke's yeah. father as a lie. And, and that happened in Empire Strikes Back, which was arguably the best film of the whole thing yeah when did that come out uh i don't know do you have the date of that may 21st may 2080 may 21st may 21st four days before four days before that so lucas likes may may the fourth be with you that's well there you go okay all right, all right. that was this week in technology have you ever wanted to watch some tech time history well with two years of videos all you need to do is visit techtimeradio.com to watch our older shows sign up for our newsletter or join the tech timers face group to talk with us live all the time. We're going to take a commercial break. When we return, we have our Ask the Expert segment with our guest, Phil Hennessy. Hey, Mike, did you know that Unidragon puzzles are a great relaxation? Yes, I did. The 21st century widespread digitalization pushes people to have gadget-free rest. In this case, puzzles become a convenient and actual way of having rest. Yeah, they're a great way to relax. To give your brain a reboot is make sure that you visit unidragon.com with the discount code for 10% off with the code TIME10. That's T I M E, the number 10 for all of our Tech Time fans across the nation. Do you know that puzzles are relatively simple tools that solve a complex range of problems? In game form, we learn useful, analytical, and communicative skills that will find the application in work, study, and other spheres of life. Yeah, they are great forms of relaxation and revitalization. Do you know that Unidragon's collections now have dinosaurs? Oh, that's my that's that's one of my favorite things. You got to make sure you keep the promo code. It's Time Ten because all of our audience across the nation can use Time Ten to receive a ten percent discount at Unidragon. That's Unidragon.com. Don't be fooled by other imitation puzzle makers. Visit unidragon.com, the only spot for your true thinking puzzles. And now for Mark's Mumbles! How long did it take you to make By Story Coffee. Visit storycoffee.com. All right, Mark's Mumbles. We just had our whiskey tasting during the break. The old Overholt, 114th proof. Here's what Mark has to say about this. Jim Bean's old Overholt lineup saw a major refresh back in 2020, introducing two new additions to their already 80 and 100 proof bottling. An 11-year-old offering that still eludes us, and this bottle, the old Overholt, 114th proof. Overholt. 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 The release was in celebration of the 210th anniversary of Abraham Overholt's first rye <laughs> distillation in western Pennsylvania. Overholt. 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 All right. Uh, according to Jim Bean, the higher proof is historically rooted in the traditional maturation of the barrel strength at the time. Definitely the winner of the overproof old Overholt 
maybe a bit too strong for a lot of casual straight whiskey drinkers. So if it's a solid option on your next cocktail, make sure you add it to make that awesome uh, Manhattan instead. There, yeah, there you go. Overholt. Overholt. <laughs> Overholt. You just can't get that. Right, that's, that's how I, that's how I read it. Overholt. All right, here we go. Okay. All right, let, let's go. W- welcome back to Tech Time with Nathan Mum, our host of our technology show. I got my lie to me expert over here, Mike Corday, and we are getting ready now to move into our next segment where we're going to be talking about Phil's electric versus gas vehicle technology insights. Welcome to the segment we call Ask the Experts. With our Tech Time Radio expert, Phil Hennessy. All right. Last week in part one of our series. Oh, there he is. Episode 101 of Tech Time Radio. You can always visit us at the website or listen to it and watch it in its entirety at techtimeradio.com. We talked about the difference between electric vehicles, EV versus hybrid versus hybrid plug-in vehicles and the range of miles you could travel for each vehicle. This week, it's all about batteries and Phil's electric versus gas vehicle technology insights. The question that we ended last week's show with, to charge or not to charge? All right, electric car batteries should last for many years. In fact, manufacturers routinely warranty the replacement of such batteries for eight years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. Because electric vehicles are still so new, the jury is out on the durability and longevity. That said, manufacturers such as Honda are stepping up by offering lifetime guarantees on battery packs, removing an important concern for customers. Phil, welcome to the show. Happy to be back. All right. So let me t- ask you about this. The battery is the most noticeable difference between gas and electric vehicles today, right? Yes, so, sir. As we explore this feature, tell me a little bit about the charging process of an electric vehicle. Is it as simple as an extension cord plugging in from your garage? How it does this process work? Because it's quite a bit different than that gas vehicle that I can park and close in the garage. Absolutely. So I think the uh, the first thing, it's as simple as and hard as plugging in a phone. What do I mean by that? There's a lot of different types of connectors we're going to talk about in a little bit. And then there's high power chargers and low power chargers. But it is as simple as plugging the vehicle in to a charger and it will automatically start charging. Now, there's a lot of caveats to that, which we'll talk about a little bit. Okay. Okay, great. So it's as simple as charging it in. I don't think okay. it's that. I don't think it's that it's simple. Not that simple. I don't think it's, it's not that as simple, simple. No. as plugging something in. I, okay. my, my son's an electrician, and let me just tell you, he says there's a lot of work to go to get these things in there. But right, I got next to that's, that's the caveats, exactly, Nathan. That's the caveats we're talking about here. All right, all right. So explain this right here. Um, what is the process to get a charging station installed in your garage at home? What What do you that's have to crazy. do to get that taken care of? Well, um, so basically it's, you're going to get what's called a level two charger and you're going to have to have an electrician, electrician come in and install it. Uh, you have to have at least 220 and, um, and have it installed and make sure your electrical system is up to code, uh, for that. So any the costs for the charger is anywhere between 500 and a thousand and then anywhere from 500 to 2,500 for the install, depending on how well, uh, your system is and what type of system you have at home. Ah, so there's an additional charge with that. You think that's cheap? That all suddenly well, got to have an electrician come on out, plug in this. Stuff I, I remember when we were when I was working as a car salesman, the government was selling subsidies and uh, credits for doing kind of like solar yeah. panels and yeah, other type of stuff. Kind of okay, stuff. all right. Next question: We have gas stations all over the United States. How do we have 
the same thing for a charging station. So I can go down to any AM, PM. I can get gas. I can get myself a Slurpee, and I'm all taken care of on my long journey. What am I going to do here about uh, charging convenience stations? Are there any of these, and how do you know about that? All right. So one, I just reason I got I asked Nathan to kind of come on and talk about this is I was sitting at the at a rest station in Maryland on I-95 and I was looking at the gas station and, you know, and then I was looking at the Tesla chargers and there's uh, three or four people deep on the Tesla chargers waiting to be charged and they're waiting and waiting and waiting for the people I would, I felt bad for the person who's like number five. Right. And then the gas, you, it takes what, about five minutes to fill up your tank. So you're pumping cars out of that gas station left and right while you're waiting there to charge your, your vehicle. Yeah. Let's talk about so, that. So charging are, are Tesla's different than other electrical vehicles too, because I've seen or driving around, I see electric vehicle charging stations and then I see a big Tesla emblem and I don't know, is it the same? Are they different? So Tesla, of course, is different. There's no industry standards. Um, so we can talk about that a little bit when we get to types of different um, plugs and all of that. But there's different standards for different vehicles because of different industry. So hopefully what we're going to see at some point in time is that like uh, we have seen in regulations for cell phones, everybody's going to, you know, common common plugs. I would hope that the industry is going to do the same since it's a very, very new, very new industry right now. That hasn't really happened with the standards, but I sure hope those standards are going to come out in the next couple of years because otherwise you're going to have multiple different plugs and chargers and all that fun stuff, which so if you doesn't have an, make sense. So if you have an Apple car, you're in trouble. Yeah, you got the lightning chargers of the Tesla's like the lightning charger. Yeah. And then everybody else is USB-C, right? So yeah. you can go to everything else. Okay, well, that's... So, but, so back, but back to your original question. So here's an interesting uh, couple stats. There's yep. about 130,000 convenience uh, store fueling stations, gas stations in the country, okay. give or take. All right. Okay. The numbers are off a little bit here and there. Talk, look into what you read. But there is uh, about, as of January of this year, there's about 113,000 charging ports. So, you know, a gas station has multiple pumps. Yep. So this is a number of ports. So you, we only have about one charging outlet for every service station in the country. And most of them are not at service stations, but that's the kind of equivalent. So that's bare. Uh, so, and, and in 2030, we're looking at the, the stats are that the electric vehicle fleet in the United States will be about 26 million vehicles. So we need to grow to about 2.4 million chargers by 2030. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I, I imagine, I imagine that uh, most of these charging ports are in urban areas. So when you get to the, you know, you're driving through Midwest, Nebraska and Kentucky, yeah, you're not going to, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you're hoping you got solar power chargers. You're going to be, your you, thing. you better have a really long extension cord. All right. Okay. And so, so one other thing to that, just kind of, yeah. Is there like a, bed, an there. app or something? How do you find out about these yes, charging? Absolutely. Okay. So there's, there's, there's about, there's a bunch of apps out there. There's, uh, uh, I think the top five are out there and, uh, you know, it's charge point, EV connect, green flux. There's a couple others and they all have basically the same type of functionality they can help you find the charger they can do route planning to mike's point if i'm driving cross country i don't know where the charges are i'm stopping for instead of worrying about stopping at a truck stop now i got to find my charger too they will have a sometimes a wait list which is what i was talking about before right is how long is how many people are in line which is interesting they can even do that um the charging status for your uh for your vehicle 
those types of things. So it's, it's, they're definitely there. You can help do route planning. Obviously Tesla has their own website and all that and build into the cars. Uh, so it's, it, it at least helps you find that, that charger that you need for your specific type of vehicle. Now are these charging stations free? Are these free for everybody to use? No. Absolutely not. Oh, what? How much, how much is a charging station? It's just electricity. Right, it's just electricity. Well, so that is a that is a, a great question. So right now, I believe don't quote me on this one, but Tesla does uh, provide that as part of their vehicle package, at least for the first year, okay. I believe. Okay. Uh, but for for the rest of uh, everyone else, there's a home charge. Right, you can charge your vehicle at home. That's a certain electrical rate. Okay, um, and for a hundred and fifty mile battery, we'll call it. it it costs about $7 with average electric city rates to charge your battery at home. It costs double to triple that if you're out somewhere using a level two or level three charger or a fast charger. So you were paying a premium to charge at home. It's going to be about, uh, could be da- around um, eight to 15 hours, I think, uh, to charge it. Whereas a fast charger level three, which is what you want to pay on the outside, uh, is going to take about a half an hour to charge and you're going to pay for that. Okay. So there, so there it sounds like there's different charging levels. Is that correct? Because you just said a fast charge. There's like different octanes. Yeah. So you got like the, the, the cheap unleaded, you got That's the right. premium. So is there different yeah. levels of charging devices then? Right, exactly. So there's a, what's called a level one, a level two, a level three, and the level three uh, is broken up into um, uh, two different levels as well for rapid charging. And, and I forget the other brand name, but it's a Tesla brand. Uh, but basically what that means is a level one is you plug the charger into your socket at home and it takes up to 30 to 40 hours <laughs> to charge your vehicle. Oh my you better word. not be going anywhere. So you got to right. use it every other day. I got to take my so electrical bike to work the other days, huh? That's a level one. Now, again, if you only use it a couple, 25 miles a, a day, right, you could go for a couple days with that and maybe charge it over the weekend or something, okay. right? So level two is where you have to have it installed, where you're going to start spending money, right? And then a 150-mile battery, we'll call it about that, takes about, depending on the charger and some other things, two and a half to four hours to charge. Okay. All right. And then the speed charger, which is our level three, uh, takes uh, about 30 to 40 minutes, sometimes less to charge as well. So again, going back to my story was that yeah, I see these these folks, even Tesla, even is 15, 20 minutes for them or char- their chargers in their vehicles. It's still 15 to 20 minutes. And then there's another, another person behind you, another person behind that. So you might be waiting an hour and a half uh, on a busy wow. charging section if you're on like I-95 or another big thoroughfare. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You're, you're, you're- so, so does the rapid charge hurt the battery? Because I have some home rechargeable batteries, right? And so if I do the yeah. trickle charge, my batteries last longer. But then if I do the real fast charge on these... I got to throw them out after about 50 charges or whatever. Right. And uh, surprisingly, not as much as I thought uh, for for that one, Uh, for two different reasons. One, the battery technology is designed for it. And two, honestly, most vehicles are not going to be using the fast charge. They're going to go what's the level two, which is a slower charge, which is better for your battery because you'll be charging it from home on a level one or level two. So there's not as many level three charges you're going to have, one, and uh, two, even if there was 
uh, you've used a lot of them, which we'll talk about in a second in a study that was done, it only drops your, your, uh, your efficiency loss by a couple percentage points. So what do I mean by that? So they did a test after 50,000 miles doing two cars with all level two charging and two cars with all level four of a level three charging and the level three, the level two cars lost 23% efficiency or capacity, 23%. Okay. So when you're gone, the vehicle regardless lost 23% of the original battery capacity. Wow. And then uh, a level three charger, all level three for 50,000 miles was 27%. And if it wasn't that much. Well, it okay, wasn't that I, much. I don't know. You but know. The, major, the major loss is just you do have a loss just like your computer, your, your phone, right. Over time, yep. doesn't matter if you're charging really well, it was over a 20% loss after 50,000 miles. Well, wow. there you go. So, so you got to give up with these insane gas prices for time, for time as we sit there. Right. So then you can be on your, uh, Apple. I'm call my boss and say, Hey, I can't come to work. Cause I'm, I'm in line stays. for my charger. All right. Now, well, well Mike, I'm looking to forward to talking another two shows from now about the total cost of ownership. And we're yeah. going to see some interesting things. Okay. The president signed an executive order that sets an ambitious new target to make half of all new vehicles sold in 2030, zero emission vehicles, including a battery electric plug-in hybrid electric and fuel cell electric vehicles. Thank you so much, Phil, for joining us next week. I want to ask, this question, how does America compare to the rest of the world in the race to zero emissions? All right. We'll see you next week. Now we're going to take a commercial break. When Bye, we Phil. turn, we have Mike's Thanks, mesmerizing moment brought to us by Story Coffee and Pick of the Day. So sit back, raise a glass. You're listening to Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum. How to see a man about a dog. It combines darkly comic short stories, powerful poems, and pulp fiction prose to create a heartbreaking and hilarious journey readers will not soon forget. Read How to See a Man About a Dog, Collected Writings, for free with Kindle Unlimited. Ebook available on Kindle, print copies available on Amazon the Book Depository, and more. This is Mike's Mesmerizing Moment, presented by Story Coffee. Visit StoryCoffee.com. Dot com. All right, here's my question for you, Mike. Yeah, what it, All what right, is so we it? talk about psychology of adding Yoda saying that Luke was uh, essentially the son of Darth Vader. Yes. Why is it important in movies to have that uh, realism for kids that are 12 and under? Well, because as you read, if there was not a confirmation by a, a good figure, uh-huh. then it might have been dismissed as a lie by the evil figure. So okay. we have a confirmation from a trusted source that says, yes, he is your father. And that allows uh, somebody to go, oh, okay, so this has meaning now, right? Because if if uh, they dismiss that, yeah, right, uh, then the impact of the duality between Luke and his father yep. does not exist because then Darth Vader is just lying, which, which you know— in today's it, movies, fall, they probably it, would just allow that to be kind of vague now, right? Well, they might. You know, there's different ways of looking at it. I mean, from from that perspective in 1977, we're look at we're looking at traditional good versus bad, okay. right? Darth Vader is all in black. Yeah, black is bad. White's good. White is good. Yeah, it, it it has this whole 
yin and yang yin type and, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yin and yang type of thing. So if you have if you have the main character who's who's evil and everybody is is afraid of and saying stuff like, Hey, I'm your dad <laughs> then, then you could have some issues. Like, oh, you're just lying. But when when someone like Yoda comes along and says, Oh no, you're yeah, he was right. Yeah, he was your dad. Oh like, oh crap. And then it has to be true. It's true. You got a guy What are we gonna do now? And that that adds that little little level of complexity to it. So And then and then Luke and Leia and, are sister and brothers. I mean it's just always revealing each and every each yeah, and every show. that's a whole that's a whole nother question. <laughs> All right, okay. All right. Well we need to now move to our pick of the day. And now our pick of the day for our whiskey tastings. Let's see what bubbles to the top. All right, our pick of the day. We have the Old Overholt. Oh, you said it. I'm really trying. You you were getting at me during (laughs) the break. 114th proof straight rye rye whiskey. This is a lot of punched pack. I'm feeling it. Let me just tell you, the four years straight, yeah, it's gone through me very well. So, is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down from Mr. Gorday? Uh, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Okay. I, I I enjoy this one. This one is a for you enjoyed rye it? whiskeys. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a really so, good. So you one. know what? I will give it a thumbs up. I like it. I don't think I would have it just straight. I think I would put in an old fashioned or another mixed drink with that. A little bit, probably a little bit of ice in there too to kind of make it a little bit smoother. I, I think it has a little bit of a bite, but. I do give it a thumbs up also. Odie, what did you think of it? Um, I didn't like it. You didn't like it? I didn't like it. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. What? Oh, yeah, oh. it was too bitter. She, she didn't bitter? Like it. Yeah. It, it was is that really an old people smooth. joke? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was smooth going down. Okay. But it was the taste was just too strong. It was just too strong? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Are, are we sure about this, that? Because this, this from the one that likes the cheap Canadian whiskey. Yeah, she loves the <laughs> cheap yeah. Canadian whiskey. That's right. <laughs> it does a job. Like, and you know what I found out yeah, today? It does a job. She said that we're on an old station. Okay. What do you think of that? About that? <laughs> As we come on That's in, hey, people well, all stations old have formats. The format here is oldies. Okay. And That's it's right. Not, it's not even like Dude, we got, we the got, young oldies. This is specifically 50s. We, 60s. Oh, John Tesh. That's right. We, we yeah. got this boots were made we got walking. I know. Elvis Presley on a clock oh, behind uh, you. Uh, he, he, uh, he that's was not Elvis. Classic. That's not Elvis. That's not Elvis? No. Oh, who is that? That's James, that's Dean. James Dean. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Mike, we're almost out of time it's here. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> uh, we want to thank our listening audience, and hopefully they had a great part of being on the show today. Uh, you can always visit techtimeradio.com and click on Be a Caller and ask us a question on technology, and we'll add it onto the show. Yeah. Right? So the question that we asked today regarding the slow phones, that was actually a, a question from one of our listeners asking, how can I speed up my phone? So we talked about okay. deleting your cash from that. So we're good to go on all that. Also, if you click on the Be a Caller, you can ask us a question and... and We'll actually play that audio on the air itself. So if you want to talk back with us, just take a look at techtimeradio.com. Also, sign up for our newsletter. Mike Roday and I uh, write articles once a month about different technologies. I think we're due for another one here. Yep. You can always stay connected by signing up for our newsletter and looking to win some very cool prizes. All right. From all of us at Tech Time, I'm honored to be the host of today's show. I wish you a great week. And remember that the science of tomorrow starts with the technology of today. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on Tech Time Radio. We hope that you had a chance to have that hmm moment today in technology. The fun doesn't stop there. 
we recommend that you go to techtimeradio.com and join our fan list for the most important aspect of staying connected and winning some really great monthly prizes. We also have a few other ways to stay connected, including subscribing to our podcast on any podcast service from Apple to Google and everything in between. We're also on YouTube. So check us out on youtube.com slash techtimeradio, all one word. We hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did making it for you. From all of us at Tech Time Radio, remember, mum's the word. Have a safe and fantastic week.